Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. So, this is a podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. John, what do you have today? My article today is Dustin Hogue. He is an American professional basketball player who currently plays for Nia Kafisia of the Greek Basketball of the Greek Basket League, which I suppose <laughs> is basketball. But they just call it the Basket League over there. They're not weaving baskets, okay. though. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing like a. It's not nothing like a Longaberger Basket hmm. Club or anything like that. It's. Um, he played college basketball for Indian Hills Community College, and the Iowa State Cyclones. His nickname is the Hines, like due to his similar characteristics with Kyle Hines, mm. who I presume is a man who plays sports <laughs> somewhere. Not um, the ketchup inventor. No. <laughs> no. Hines, Hines a different way. Ah, Hines the, the Hines. anglicized way. Gotcha. Not the Germanic. Like B. Hines, not... Right? Uh, yeah. It, sort of. Kind yeah, of. With an E. Yeah. You know, not the D. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so what do you have here, Eric? I have Governor of Curacao. What? Um, <laughs> the, the current one or just the, the, the position? Just the position, I guess. Oh. Um, okay. It is uh, the Governor of Curacao is re- representative on Curacao of the Dutch Head of State, King Willem Alexander. Governor's duties are twofold. It represents and guards the general interests of the kingdom and is head of the government of Curacao. I didn't know Curacao was a place. I was pretty sure Curacao (laughs) was a liquor. (laughs) I don't think... What is a liquor of? (laughs) I I forget. There's got to be a little way to uh, find that out really quick. Hmm. Yeah. Uh... It's an archaic form of the word curacao, especially in reference to liquor, curacoa. Hmm. So it's out there. It just doesn't has not doesn't have an article, uh, article on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. An Artipedia wiki, <laughs> wiki, wiki, wikle. 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 <laughs> an Artipedia wikle. Um. So should we go with the uh? Should we go with the curacao Artipedia wikle or the uh? Basketball. RDPDA Wickle. I am very curious about the baskets. The, the Greek basket baskets. <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's go to Dustin Hogue and explore Dustin Hogue. All right, Dustin Hogue. Yes. Oh, so he's an American. Oh yeah, American player Greece. of the Greek. Okay, so he's American, but he plays for the Greek league. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you're not. <laughs> 
good enough to, <laughs> to be in the NBA, you go to one of the uh, other lesser NBAs. There's seven uh, circles of hell in the NBA. <laughs> there's the Greek basketball. There's the Greek basket league. There's the North Korean basketball league. You really don't want to go to that one. That's like the one for the people who have like uh, dog fighting rings. Um, mm. And then there's the Japanese basketball league and uh, the German basketball league. <laughs> but no, seriously, there's an entire like huge national basketball association type thing in pretty much every country you can think of, and they're all full of basically, like, <laughs> reject Division One NBA players that, like, like, like uh, people who come out of big schools, but they don't, like, their teams don't do anything good or they don't uh, do much okay. good, so they go to not America. <laughs> they still play professionally, just not here. Gotcha. See, for some reason, I always just kind of assume that... Basketball, baseball, and football only occur in America. Yeah. And, oh, the rest of the world just completely ignores them and does their own thing with uh, cricket and foot uh, and soccer. soccer. Yeah. And I think, by and large, that's true. But I feel like uh, basketball is kind of the soccer of the hands, right? Mm. You know. Yeah, I guess I could see that. And I kind of see it being picked up more frequently in countries like nobody else in the world is going to play American football. There's like <laughs> a few places that are kind of misguided and they're not really taken yeah. off as we've seen in past well, Wikipedia I feel adventures. Like if, if they don't like really ham up the whole like aspect of it, like if they're just kind of right. playing like a casual like, hey, let's <laughs> play some football. Then, yeah. Like, there's, it's not going to work out. They have but to they, take they have it to really, super seriously. They have to, like, really, you know, commit to it and yeah, make a big an production act. out of it. And right. That's the only reason anybody cares about ours. It's dramatized <laughs> to no end. Like, there's yeah. only 16 games. There's only 16 <laughs> games. And every time it's a matter of life or death. If there were not pads between those men, they would just hit each other and immediately die. <laughs> and that's all there would be to it. Um, anyhow. This Dustin Ho guy uh, yeah. had gone undrafted in the 2015 NBA draft here in mm. America and afterwards signed with Nia Kafisa for the 2015 through 16 Greek Basket League. At the end of the regular season, Hogue went on to average 12.8 points, 8.3 rebounds, 1.3 assists, and 0.9 steals in 26 mm. games for Kafisa being the top rebounder of the league. So he's not to be outdone. He's still young. He might have a career in the NBA after like mm. a couple of years performing like that. Yeah. Uh, ironically, Dustin is the son of Douglas and Alicia Hogue, and his brother did make the cut here in American professional sports, playing as a linebacker in the NFL instead of as mm. a basketball player in the NBA. Uh. So the sports run in the family. They do. They do. They do. A lot of D's in that family. Yeah, you've got Dunstan, Doug, Doug, listen. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. <laughs> look at the personal. <laughs> look at the personal line there for a second. Dustin is the son son of Douglas and Alicia Hogue. He's the son son. He's the son his, son. His brother is the other son. Yeah, but he's the real son. He's the son son. Yes. 
He's the sun son. <laughs> the other son is sun one. He is sun two. Or sun sun. Sun. Two sun times. squared. <laughs> sun squared. <laughs> Precisely. Sun to the sun power. D- Doug Hogue is the square brother. The square son. Doug Hogue is the right. square son? Right? I thought, no, Dustin like, Hogue is the sun the square- son. Wait, Doug would be the no, no, the square Doug root is, son. Doug is the square root. The son. square root, right? The square root of Dustin. The square is root Doug. Dustin. The square root of Dustin Hogue is Doug yeah, Hogue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you take one NBA basketball player that didn't quite make the cut, you square root him, you get a, you get an NFL linebacker. An NFL linebacker, yeah. Who knew? So all we gotta do is take the square root of LeBron James, and we can win the Super Bowl. But how good is this Doug Hogue? Uh, is he like he's a, great for the the basket weaving league that they have over in Greece. <laughs> um, though I suppose we probably should go to the Greek basket league and see what kind of merits it has. Who knows? They may yeah. have a bunch of other players that we may recognize. And That's true. Adore. You never know. Yeah. Let's right, well, go let's, ahead. And let's check out that Greek basket league. Ah, it actually is for basketball. Shoot, I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping. I was still holding out hope that it was about actual baskets. I feel like this is just. I don't know. Proof that Greece doesn't really understand basketball, maybe. Well, they don't, and they also <laughs> don't have any, like... The logo, you would think, not being the definitive NBA, would... I mean, I guess this is kind of stupid to assume that, because none of the American sports-affiliated teams and, and organizations, I should say, ever denote that they are in America, so why would... That's true. They just say they're the National Football League. Or the National Basketball Association. Yeah. I'll say which nation. Right. So, this isn't so preposterous, but the Greek Basket League's logo is literally just something that says Basket League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a picture of a basketball. With, like, the lines coming off of it and, like, orbiting around it. Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't... It, sh- it just... It does show some national identity, though, because it does have the colors of the Greek flag. Mm-hmm. I believe, right? Greek I'm flag sure. is, uh, blue and white. I know that's Israel's colors for flag, but I think Greece also... Yes, you are correct. Yeah, okay. So it is yeah. definitely still showing some semblance of national identity. Right. Uh, it's just kind of a really crappy designed logo. <laughs> no, yeah, it looks like somebody whipped that up in... Like, they took, like, a clip art of a basketball oh, yeah. <laughs> and then just, like, painted it blue. But, regardless of that... It is ranked as one of the top three level national domestic leagues in European basketball by the European <laughs> National Basketball League Ooh, rankings. High praise. I don't know <laughs> if that is or not, actually, but yeah. I mean, top three in European basketball. So I didn't even know that be... basketball existed in Europe. Oh, it does. I'm, I'm so. curious to see who the... Uh, We'll see. We'll, we'll go there next, I think. Yeah, the rankings of that. I want to see who's who, <laughs> who beats them out. I'm now I'm on the edge of my seat. But let's check into the history of the Greek Basket League very quickly. Which is also known as the Greek Basketball League. Thank or you. Or the Greek A1 Basketball League. What? Or the Greek Basketball Championship. Which was originally called the Panhellenic Basketball Championship. Hmm. Uh-huh. So, had some had some incarnations. It is also known as Greek Basket League Scratch. Why? <laughs> <laughs> For sponsorship reasons, it says. 
I don't know what. I don't know what scratch. <laughs> what the word scratch makes a difference? Are you serious? Are you sure? Uh, uh, okay. Scratch must be some kind of company. I don't know. Sure. Why? Why not? I mean. Okay. <sighs> okay. So the history of this thing. Yeah. Let's... You would be shocked to find out <laughs> that basketball first came to Greece in the year 1910. Wow. And by the 1927 through 28 season, the first official championship began. So since hmm. the 1920s, they have had basketball here, and they have been playing it in official capacity. Wow. There have been four different official championship eras. Of course, the first one was the Panhellenic Championship, played in ancient 1920s Greece, <laughs> which lasted from the 1927 to 1962 seasons, uh, when the champions of every regional district played each other to decide the Greek champion. The second era was started in the 1963 season, when the A National category was founded. In 1969, the Hellenic Basketball Federation, the abbrevi abbreviated furthermore as the EOK, none because of which <laughs> appears in any of that, <laughs> because <laughs> um, <laughs> took over the duties of overseeing the competition and did so until the year 1992. The third era of the championship existed between the 1986 and 91 seasons when the first Division A1 national category. First Division A1 is like the least <laughs> easy thing to say. Why would you yeah. do that with a regular season and playoffs and the second season second Division A2 national category were formed? I mean, I feel like A1 means First Division. So, just uh, just maybe just say A1 yeah. and A2. Or maybe just Division 1 and Division 2. Yeah. Because it seems like you still only have That's two divisions. <laughs> what? What's this letter doing here? What's the A for? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't need to be here. Yeah, you could cut out a lot of the fat here, I feel like. Gotta get a little more trim. You want a basketball team. You don't want a sumo wrestler team. It's gotta, gotta trim that fat. <laughs> The fourth era of the championship began in the 1992 season with the Hellenic Basketball Clubs Association, or HEBA, taking More over. Sense. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, they took over the competition. They renamed it the First Division, the HEBA A1. The First Division, the HEBA A1. Yep. <laughs> they renamed the First Division, the HEBA <laughs> A1. Also abbreviated as the E, weird Greek E. A K E M I E. I mean Sigma. I know. I know what that is. I just feel like being stupid. I'm e sorry, George. E I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, E squared. Yeah. The E, the more E or E. The E that looks more ancient. Right. Uh, the league was then renamed to Greek Basket League, starting with the 2010 season. So this is actually a very recent thing. Hmm. And the, the logo's already been through two different <laughs> stylizations, Since neither of that, which are yeah. good. <laughs> oh, yeah. The first one's way worse, though. Yeah. It looks literally like they took a few lines off the AT&T ball, and they're like, there, <laughs> there's our logo. <laughs> We're just going to steal that. Don't tell AT&T. <laughs> Don't tell them. Can it look like AT&T, but just make the lines into a basketball? Right. Just add a couple more and take a few away. Add some going in different directions, <laughs> and then, yeah, it's a basketball. Okay, good enough. So I guess they didn't have a logo before that? Nope. It was only since they became Basket League. 
Now, the Greek League has been one of the most competitive basketball leagues in Europe throughout the years, and it was widely regarded as the second best national domestic league in the world, only after the NBA in the 1990s. So it's a pretty, pretty good organization, apparently. I guess so. Currently ranks among the best national domestic leagues in the world, excluding the NBA, <laughs> such as... I love how they keep having to put that qualifier yeah. <laughs> Either it's you're right next to the NBA, or you're like over here with these guys. <laughs> but that's the two options. Either you're comparable, or you're out. <laughs> uh, but some of those organizations include the Liga ACB in Spain, the VTB United League, which counts as the domestic league for Russian clubs, and a couple others. It is considered one of the top three European national domestic leagues under the European National Basketball League rankings, as we mentioned before. The league has several great powers, which belong to the most traditional European basketball clubs, especially the EuroLeague Giants, Panathinaikos, and Olympiakos. Other clubs that have had significant successes throughout the history of Greek basketball are Aik and Eris, along with Pauk. The aforementioned clubs are the most successful and widely supported in Greece. Despite the championship having been contested 74 times, then I'm going to phrase that differently. It sounds like every time they've had a championship, <laughs> somebody's like, Hey, wait a minute. I don't think I that was right. I don't think I don't think this is true. <laughs> this, this is not the Valley Championship result. Um, <laughs> only nine clubs have won it so far out hmm. of a potential um, 14. So there's still five clubs that have seen zero wins <laughs> since the inception of yeah. this, uh, since the inception of this thing. Alright, let's see. We got, um... Okay, this looks kind of like a repeat information. Uh, the championship in its current form has been organized since 1992 season by the HIBA. Um, 28 pro Greek basketball teams are split into two different divisions, mentioned before as A1 and A2. And... Um, so in each division, there's 14 teams. Oh, so the bottom two finishing teams each year in the A1 division are then transferred over to the A2 division. Because they're not Due good to enough. Poor performance. While conversely, the top two teams from the A2 division are promoted to the A1 division. So that's cool. Um, so currently, Greek clubs must play their home games in arenas that seat at least 1,000 people in order to play Greek domestic league matches. Hmm. Several Greek clubs have two arenas that they use. Um, one for domestic Greek league matches and one for European-wide matches. And Greek clubs that play in the Euro League or the Euro Cup, it's always cups with them. It's always cups <laughs> over there. I don't know. Uh, they must play their home games in those leagues in arenas that fit the arena standards of those leagues. Currently, a 5,000 seat arena minimum for the Euro League and a 3,000 seat arena minimum for the Euro Cup. You know, I actually like the cup for basketball. 
because I feel like you can throw the ball and land it in the cup. Mm. Yeah, it's I essentially that. like like that's like it's like the last hole in the mini golf course. <laughs> if you win the championship, you have to do that. You have to try yeah. to dunk it. <laughs> that's how the cup should really be decided. Is they should play a game <laughs> until exhaustion, uh, and then yeah. whoever has the ball last gets the first shot <laughs> at the award cup. And if they get the shot into the cup, they uh, win the cup for yeah. the. <laughs> but no, that's. Also, the worst idea I've ever heard. They should uh, also <laughs> have changed the foul shootings um, oh, to yeah. have a golf club. Right. That's huge, and you hit the basketball. You have to chip it into the basket. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I mean, there that, could be ways that might that would be work. more punishment. Maybe, uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> some of the variance in these arenas here is huge, though. Like some of the uh, teams have like capacities of 20,000 people in their stadiums. Meanwhile, other teams are just kind of like, eh, 1,000. <laughs> Bare that's minimum. Like a, that's a high school gym. <laughs> that's like the least yeah. the least amount possible. I don't... Oh, that's the worst. Although, to be fair, if you go down to the title holders, you see pretty quickly why teams like Panathinaikos or whatever have such huge stadiums because mm. it's uh, the team that wins every year. <laughs> People want to see them. They like them because they're good at sports. <laughs> <laughs> the only team to not win, the only team to beat them in the championship has been uh, AEK in 2001. Uh, the Olympics in 2011 and 2014 and since then it's been uninterrupted <laughs> Panathinaikos people since 1997 winning yeah. the championship which is crazy alright so should we go over and see where these guys uh, rank relative yeah let's get that uh, European National Basketball League rankings oh uh, yeah rankings for each of the different European, regional, and domestic basketball leagues that are eligible to participate in Europe's International Continental Professional Club Basketball Competitions, <laughs> such as the EuroLeague and the EuroCup. FIBA, Europe's top competition, the FIBA World Cup, also falls under the rankings system. Hmm. The rankings are decided on by EuroLeague Basketball Company, TM, which runs the EuroLeague and EuroCup competitions. So, are all European sports FI blank A? I think they are <laughs> FI blank something. Yeah, because there's uh, FIFA. That's soccer. That's which football. football. Yeah, so and then FIBA is basketball. basketball. So, so, there's FIC. Is there FICA? Does FICA matter? <laughs> <laughs> Cricket? I mean, C F I C A Fika. Fika. Isn't that a uh, like an insurance thing? Uh, a bank thing. Are we thinking of FEMA? FICO, maybe. FICO. FICO score is the thing. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah that's like a bank credit score. Is that like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's something like a credit score. Or but is a credit score? Because why would they call it FICO score? If it's, yeah. It's, it's gotta be a little bit different, right? I think so. I don't know anything about banking. <laughs> <laughs> if I had money, I would care. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, so I don't. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Alright, ranking. Top ranks. Alright, oh, as they, of 2015, hmm. 16. Let's, let's get the current ranks here. Yeah. 
Number one is Russia. Well, actually, actually, hold on, hold on. Let's distinguish this. There's two charts here. There's the 30, 30, top 30 clubs, and that's by team. So the the best club oh, okay. overall is that one from Moscow, oh, yes. Okay. But if you scroll down a little bit more, there's a minimum points ranking, which is calculated by adding the results of the worst performing team from each league. And these points indicate oh, the lowest possible position okay. that any club from that country or league can occupy in the draw of the league, the Euro League and the Euro Cup. Okay. So, and you'll see there. So this is like an aggregate of the worst. <laughs> if your which teams, is somehow telling you which ones are the best. Sort of. Because <laughs> in, in ways, if these are the worst added together. Yeah. Then this team has to be the best. Wait, hold on, hold on. You scroll down one more. <laughs> There's another thing that says current league rankings. Uh, they were to be updated once every three years starting in 2009 and took into account the results from the previous five seasons, so the rankings were not based on a per-season or current-season basis. In 2012, the EuroLeague Basketball Association decided to update the rankings every year and take into account the results from the previous seasons. The rankings, as of 2007 as such, are also based on 70% basketball game competition results and 30% TV revenues, ratings, attendance figures, and arena capacities. Wow. So it's only... Much more comprehensive. Yeah. It's based on not only your performance, but whether or not people care. (laughs) Um, well, either way, Spain is the top. Spain loves their basketball. I guess so. Yeah. I would not have guessed. And then there is the uh, <laughs> the VTB United League, <laughs> which is literally just the USSR of basketball. <laughs> it is, in fact, the former USSR Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Turkish BSL. Which I was not expecting Turkey to actually surpass Greek, but that article that we read is out of date then, or maybe newer oh, yeah. rankings are out or there may- somewhere. Wait, maybe they were using a different chart. They could have been, because... Well, they weren't using the previous chart. And they also weren't using that chart by teams. I mean, they have hmm. two teams in the top ten, sure, but that's only two out of... Yeah, I guess maybe that 30. other article is a little out of date. Could be. Still, it's really interesting to me that Russia is so invested... In basketball, yeah, Spain, I actually kind of understand. I kind of get that. Some for some reason that makes sense to me, but Turkey too. Turkey doesn't make much sense. But <laughs> um, I also think uh, these United leagues are pretty interesting. You have the USSR league, and you have the Adriatic league, which is comprised of countries like uh, Slovenia, Serbia. Macedonia, Montenegro, Croatia, and Bosnia, and Herzegovina. So that's, you know, Hmm. a whole mess of countries playing basketball. (laughs) Okay, so uh, number 13 on this list is Ukrainian SL favorite sport. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it is. Ukrainians, because... This is our favorite sport. I don't think so. <laughs> Your favorite sport. I love it. It's just so positive about it. Like, it's better than the Premier League or, like, Pro League, Pro A, League A. 
Yeah, like, okay, we get it. You're, they're your best of your best. This is our basketball league. But the Ukrainians, no. They put this, this casual, delightful casual spin <laughs> on things. Favorite sport. Ukrainian SL favorite sport. Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. <laughs> surprised that Latvia is here. What are they doing playing basketball? I don't know. There are several countries that I don't think should be investing resources into yeah. this. <laughs> Among them, Lithuania is pretty high up there. Yeah, they're they're breaking the top half of the list. Oh, yeah, they're 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 doing pretty good. And if I recall correctly, they don't have money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have the opposite of that. <laughs> and I'm curious as to why France cares so much about basketball. See, that was another thing I was kind of curious about. They don't have a team that's even in the top 10 or the top 20. <laughs> Their best team is Strasbourg, which is barely even in France. It's almost in Belgium. <laughs> so I'm not really sure uh, if maybe it isn't like a regional thing. Hmm. Maybe. But it's weird because then you would think Belgium would be here too, right? Guess what? It's not there. <laughs> Although Germany is. I suppose that's probably pretty close. Well, I mean, Belgium's not too far down on the aggregated list or whatever. The list say. of the worst? Or no, the, uh, the bottom list. But they don't have any teams even remotely near the top 30. Oh, yeah, there they are. I didn't even see them in there. I didn't register because I had seen their name not mentioned even <laughs> once until this point. Oh, wait, no, there they are. They're not the worst. They're right under the French Pro A. So I guess it's it must be a regional thing, honestly. Yeah. That makes the most sense. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um... Should we check out one of these other better, or should we go for one of the worst basketball leagues <laughs> in Europe? Well, see, I'm curious about the Latvian league, but I'm also curious about favorite sport. I mean, either of those sound appealing to me. I always want to go to the Latvian league just because it seems to be the depths of depravity of uh, <laughs> European basketball leagues. Like, it's the worst of the worst. If they're they're barely hanging on. I want to see. I kind of want to see what's going on over there. Like the Schadenfreude in me wants mm. to see that. But you know, I understand if we if we shouldn't engage that kind of behavior, and we should go be more jovial and and and, and go see favorite sport. <laughs> Let's go to favorite sport. Ukrainian SO? favorite sport. Oh wow. This article is short, but it is precious. <laughs> the Ukrainian SL favorite sport <laughs> is the top-tier level professional basketball league in Ukraine. The league just now began <laughs> with wow. the 2015-2016 season. And they're already that high on the list. Because they are favorite sports. <laughs> this is our favorite sport. It is we favorite sport. <laughs> And all of the team names are delightful. We've got Bippa Odessa. Which plays in the Palace of Sport. Uh, <laughs> That's the arena name. It's poetry. It's sports <laughs> poetry, this thing. We have Infiz Kiev, which plays in, I presume, Kiev. 
but with a not even newer <laughs> spelling. Um, there's Dynamo Kiev. There's My Kolave, which plays in My Kolave. <laughs> not the microwave. No, not microwave. My Kolave. There's Zaporizaya, which plays in Zaporizaya, but spelled differently. <laughs> with the Y A, the team is just trying them. to spice it up or something. Or maybe there's some sort of like pun in there that we don't uh, understand yeah. because we do not have basketball as our favorite sport. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still love that name. Uh, there's Valen Basket. <laughs> Volen basket is probably the most accurate possible synonym for basketball that I've ever heard. Yeah. Because you're volleying something into a basket. Yeah. Volen basket. Yes. That is true. Favorite sport. <laughs> that is true. Now, a combination of volleyball and basketball would be interesting. It would be. I think that would be fun. I don't know how exactly it would work people standing still mm. kind of and just trying to teamwork the ball into the basket without dribbling right kind of like basketball ah yeah, yeah. Bas- basketball but with teamwork <laughs> yeah instead of team that uh, i don't know like teasing each other yeah which is basically <laughs> what basketball is uh basketball I wish there was a way for us to play. Basketball? Yes. As our favorite sport? <laughs> Team favorite sport. There's other sports palaces. The Cherkaski Mavpi, who play in Cherkaski, reside in the sports palace Bedivlnik. <laughs> But bedeviled neck. Bedeviled neck. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's also Kimik plays in Yuzni, and their arena is the Sportscentrum Olymp. I'm looking at a picture of it. It's pretty nice. It's like the only nice thing in that town, <laughs> actually. Oh, look! There's a link down to the Ukrainian Super League. <laughs> Could that be the even less interestingly named uh, predecessor to the Ukrainian SL... Oh, no, no, you know what? Ukrainian SL favorite sport is just an addition. They just made Super League into SL. Its full name is Ukrainian Super League favorite sport. (laughs) That makes it the best name. Yes. Oh, man. I am delighted. (laughs) I am more than enough pleased. Are we going to Super League? Um, Super or League. going up one level? Yeah, I guess we're going to go up one level to Super League. Now, Super League is the first tier level top professional. Wait, wait <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Let me try that one more time. <laughs> the... Ukrainian Basketball Super League is, and this is what it says verbatim, the first tier level top (laughs) professional basketball league in Ukraine, along with Ukrainian SL favorite sports. So they already had 
the Ukrainian Basketball Super League. Yes. And then somebody else came along and was like, you know what? We need another one. That's We better. need the Ukrainian, shorten it to SL, and then favorite sport. <laughs> <laughs> Just to drive the point home, that we like this more than they do. But I love how it's also the first tier level top professional basketball <laughs> league in Ukraine alongside another one which is also the first tier level <laughs> top professional basketball league as They're, opposed to the second tier top level this is all very confusing and why is this <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay so uh, one of the teams in this league is Hoverla and they play in the College of Physical Education <laughs> Which is a far contrast to the Dini Pro from Microwave, <laughs> which plays not only in the Palace of Sports, but in the Palace of Sports Meteor. <laughs> it's a meteor. It's like a level in, in Super Smash Brothers or something. Like, it's, it's Final Destination for basketball. It's amazing. Man, I'll tell you, Ukraine really knows how to do sports. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they would, but they clearly do. And it doesn't even matter that it's, you know, not necessarily sports that we can watch. It feels great because I can casually peruse this article, enjoy all of the stupidly named things, <laughs> and also delightfully named things. They are not the same ones. Uh, and I have no obligation to care any further. So, mm-hmm. like, that's... I mean, that's pretty okay. And apparently there's an Americans on... These teams, too. Yeah, you got uh, people like Ramel Curry. Is that... That guy isn't related to Stephen Curry, the guy who set that three-point record thing, which is a thing that I definitely know about sports. <laughs> but he did. He said he, he's a guy who works works for... I guess he does work for them. He works for the Golden State uh, Warriors, and he made 400-some three-point shots by himself this this NBA season, this past mm. NBA season. That's the equivalent of uh, shooting 125 home <laughs> runs in a baseball season. But, I mean, maybe maybe he is. Maybe he's related. Hmm. Could be. You got Malcolm Delaney. <laughs> yeah, I like how they are the most valuable players for two of the years. Maybe Ukraine was just, like, recruiting people that were good for their Super League. They needed them. They needed them. And then... I'm already starting to see a trend. You have, uh... The Bedelvnik... Bedelvnik... Kiev... Uh, uh, uh... Producing every MVP. <laughs> And they're also the ones that have won in pretty much every year, except for Azov, Azov Mash had kind of a winning streak going on for a while there. Yeah, it looks like a lot of these teams just have, like, streaks going. You know? Like, all of the good players like, go to one. Odessa has a little streak for a couple years, and then it was Azov Mash, and then the Devil Neck comes up. Again. It's kind of cool though, like uh, the teams that are doing really well, such as Dinipro winning this year, 
currently have a roster of almost entirely Americans. <laughs> one Canadian dude, one Ukrainian dude, one Lithuanian dude. Hmm. And then if you look at teams that have won recently, namely the Budvolnik and Kimik, you will also see a pattern mm. where actually no you won't because they don't tell you what people are on the BC Kimmick team right now <laughs> actually uh, the uh, Budvolnik people are entirely Ukrainian their players are all from Ukraine hmm. I wonder with these like American players or Canadian players what like, is your life trajectory going like, to be? Like, when, yeah. when you start out and, you know, you're, like, in middle school and high school and you're like, yeah, I love basketball. Like, at what point do you make the decision, you know what, I'm going to go to Ukraine and be on their league? Um, when you don't get drafted by the NBA? <laughs> I think that's pretty much when I you guess, make that call. I guess so. It's either you say, well, I guess I'll use my business degree <laughs> and go work. You say, you know what? This is my favorite sport, and I'm going to go play for favorite somebody sport. that recognizes that. <laughs> I can get on board with this Ukrainian league. All right, so where do we want to go? Well... There are so many places, and there is so little time before the world ends by way of a meteor. Oh, no, that's not a link. I can't yeah. get a Palace of Sports meteor? What's wrong with you, article? <laughs> What's the matter well, with you? could go to the city, and maybe there would be a link. Maybe, or we could go to the city where the College of Physical Education is, <laughs> and we can find <laughs> the College of Physical Education. What a place! Place to learn about <laughs> favorite sport. So we're we going to Ivano Frankvich. Yeah, Frankvich? let's go to Ivano Frankvich. Oh, here we go. So, the team, remember, from the Ukrainian Basketball Super League is Haveria. So maybe if there's something in here that we can Haveria over a link for, <laughs> we can find our way to it. Okay, I'm at the section of the article where uh, uh, there is a bunch of stuff about universities, of which mm. there are six in this, in this city. We have Vassil Stefaniak, Subcarpathian National University, Ivano Frankivsk, National Technical University of Oil and Gas, also known <laughs> as University of Oil and Gas, hmm. Ivano Frankivsk National Medical University, King Daniel of Galica, Ivano Frankivsk <laughs> University of Law. Ivano Frankovsk Tech 
Theological Academy of Greek Catholic Church, West Ukrainian University of Economics and Law. So, where do we suppose, um, based on those words, <laughs> that... The College of Physical Education? Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not the University of Oil and Gas. Right. Or the University of Law. And... Maybe it's one of these... If you look above the university section, there's a general education section hmm. that talks about there being sports, sports schools. schools. Oh, yeah. Let me hover over this. It just takes you to the link for sports schools, though. It doesn't take you uh. to specific sports schools. So we may well not be able to see college of favorite sport. I mean, physical education. <laughs> Although there... Also that... Ternopil National Economic University, but like economic university is not going to have things. No. They don't have physicals. And maybe the Subcarpathian National University? It could be there. It Out of all of them, I feel like that makes the most sense. Yeah. There's also... A sports section. Uh, I don't really see any anything that looks promising there. Although there is a hmm hmm. There is a link to the basketball club Verla. Ivano Frankvisk. So maybe, maybe that is the one to go to. Let's try it. Okay. Verla Ivano Frankvisk. Okay, so yep, this is the professional basketball club in said city. Um mentions up oh, the stadium is the college of physical education still not a link okay <laughs> i guess we're just <sighs> not going to get one we'll never see college of physical education again okay uh, you know what's frustrating what the article does exist really because For that a google a google search Brings it up. <laughs> what? And it's not linked to in any of those articles. It's not linked to. But if you go College of Physical Education, Ivano Frank Frankovisk. The very first result should be the Wikipedia for the National University of Physical Education. <laughs> yep. And Sport of Ukraine. But it's in Kiev. So and it has one branch <laughs> in Avano Frankvisk. Yep. Why was that so hard, Wikipedia? <laughs> okay. Okay, well regardless, now that we are here, even if it was by way of figuring it out on our own. We can discern. Should we add the link? 
Yes. I wonder if. Yeah. See here. Edit. While Eric is fixing Wikipedia for the betterment <laughs> of Ukraine's favorite sport, I am going to rattle off some facts about the National University of Physical Education. University opened in 1930, uh, and the 19, in 1944, the institute was transferred to Kiev and changed its name to the Kiev State Institute of Physical Education after independence from after the independence of Ukraine, I should say, in 1995, the university was rec- reorganized in Kiev National University of Physical Education, which in 1998 acquired the status of national and adopted the name of the National University of Physical Education and Sport of Ukraine. Uh, of the institutes and facility faculties of the university. Four faculties function in the structure of the university and one branch in Ivano-Frankivsk, as we mentioned before. There's the faculty of Olympic and professional sports, the faculty of health and physical education, joint faculty in preparation of physicians for the physical culture and sports, along with the Bogomolets National Medical University, the Faculty for Extramural and Postgraduate Education, and of course the Ivano Frankivsk College of Physical Education, the elusive <laughs> one of all of those. They also have sports and sport supporting facilities. Sports and supporting sporting facilities. <laughs> Rowing facilities at Dnieper. Biking and skiing facilities at Horosif Sports <laughs> Complex Olymp. With a main short course pool with six lanes and a two children pool. <laughs> two children pool. Fitness center Olympisky style. Or Olympic style. Center of Sport Tr- Traumatology, International Center of Olympic Research and Education, Research Institute, Library. That's it. <laughs> That's the whole article, top to bottom. All right. <laughs> what do we, we find out? Well, Did I we get that link in there? I have gotten the link into the article. So All right. It is now possible to go to there. But was it legal? <laughs> the correct answer is, I make it legal. I'm sorry. I, I'm sitting in chocolate syrup right now, and I'm really... <laughs> I'm tired. And I'm... I mean... <laughs> it's, it's been a cast today, dude. <laughs> like, this is... Listener, listener may have gotten real confused at that, but I really was sitting. In, I really am sitting in chocolate <laughs> syrup right now. <laughs> that is a thing that's happening. So if you've listened yeah. this far, congratulations! You've been bestowed with that mor- morsel of knowledge <laughs> that I'm walking, walking home with <laughs> pants covered in chocolate syrup. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. It's laundry day anyway. It's fine, really. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um. So where should we go from here? Now that we have found a way to here that we made. Uh, um, 
Well, uh, distance learning sounds interesting. Or Bogomolet National Medical University sounds interesting. Yeah, uh, I think we should go for uh, distance learning here. Okay. Just to see what that's all about. Oh. It's the education of students who are not physically present at a school. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Things that are conducted, courses rather, that are conducted through partly through distance education and partly on site are referred to as hybrid or blended education. Massively open online courses or MOOCs. <laughs> Offering large-scale interactive participation and open access through the World Wide Web. Ooh, fancy. That's that's old school. That's a a throwback phrase right there. This article was written when the internet was first born. You mean the net? You mean the the web? (laughs) Have you been on the web yet? (laughs) I live in the net. (laughs) <laughs> they say the creator is a, the person who puts games in the system. No one knows for sure, but I intend to find out. Restart! <laughs> yeah, that's probably how it goes. That's that show from, uh, that's that show from Newfoundland. You know, that's that, that claymation one that looked like it was in a computer. Yeah. So one of the earliest attempts of uh, distance education was not through the internet. It was actually in the year 1728. Ah, well before the internet. As it would happen, back when the World Wide Web was literally the creation of spiders. Uh, (laughs) The Boston Gazette advertised for Caleb Phillips, teacher of the new method of shorthand, who thought students who wanted to be mailed weekly lessons. Which, I suppose, if you show them shorthand, you can have them rate you back in shorthand. That actually would work somewhat. The first distance education course in the modern sense was provided by Sir Isaac Pittman in the 1840s, who taught a system of shorthand by mailing texts transcribed into shorthand on postcards. Alright, okay, okay. (laughs) At this point, you're just writing to people in, like, <laughs> slightly fewer letters, though. That's not necessarily an education. <laughs> That's just being but like, look, I can leave vowels out and you understand. It is still the internet. Sort of. Hi, I heart you forever. <laughs> <really is>. LOL. <laughs> On is. a postcard. <laughs> it's true. It's how, it's how it all got started. They built the internet before the internet yep. became the internet. It was already happening. You just had to throw some computers. It was a chat room. Yep. That's all it was. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) That means lots of love. Yes. Lots of love. LOL, Sir Isaac Pittman. (laughs) The University of London was the first university to offer distance learning degrees, establishing its external program in 1828. The background to this innovation lay in the fact that the institution, later known as the University College London, was non-denominational, and given the intense religious rivalries of the time, there was an outcry against the godless university. (laughs) The issue soon boiled down to which institutions had degree-granting powers and which institutions did not. Hmm. The compromise solution that emerged in 1836 was that 
the sole authority to conduct the examinations leading to degrees would be given to a new officially recognized entity called the University of London, which would act as examining body for the University of London Colleges, originally University College London and King's College London, and award their students University of London degrees. As Sheldon Rothblatt states, thus arose in nearly archetypal fashion form the famous English distinction between teaching and examining, here embodied in separate institutions. With the state giving examining powers to a separate entity, the groundwork was laid for the creation of a program within the new university that would both administer examinations and award qualifications to students taking instruction at another institution or pursuing a course of self-directed study. <laughs> so, yeah, there was, there's a the Open University inspired the creation of Spain's National University of Distance Education and Germany's Fern Universität in Hagen. There are now similar many similar institutions around the world, often with the name Open University in English or in the local language. And all open universities use distance education technologies as delivery methodologies, though some require attendance at local study centers or at regional summer schools. Some open universities have grown to become mega universities, a a term coined to denote institutions with more than 100,000 students. More than 100,000? Cripes. Uh, even. In 1976, Bernard Luskin launched Coastline Community College as a college beyond walls, combining computer-assisted instruction with telecourses produced by TV, the Coast Community College District Public Television Station. Coastline has been a landmark strategic success in helping to establish online distance learning using modern technology for learning. So it looks like, yeah, they started out trying to use like radio and television stuff. And then once the internet came around, they were like, hey, this is easy now. So yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's extra external distance education. <laughs> Extramural. So there you have it from Dustin Hogue. To distance education, and he certainly got an education in distance. Yes, he did. <laughs> Moving all the way to Greece to play basketball. Indeed. Um, so go ahead and visit Facebook.com/slash/TWCPodcast and give us a like and follow, and head over to iTunes and rate and review us, and head over to Google Play. And Ooh. I don't know if you can rate and review things on there like podcasts, what? but. Would you hope. probably could. <laughs> I'm sure I you hope, could. I hope Android has some sort of interface for that. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. Sure. But uh, <laughs> if you can do that, then go ahead and do that too, because now that is a thing, and yes. we are on that thing. We have we welcome all operating systems except Microsoft and BlackBerry. <laughs> and uh, if you don't like any of that stuff, you can also just go to twc.ericterivia.com. And check out new episodes there. And you can stream and download and whatnot. So I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song. 
and Peg Leg Howl for our outro song. Yeah. So thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Alright, I go wash my pants. Yes. <laughs> Yeah.